intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God. Deep to right field. Way All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Quality Start podcast, uh, a, a a co-op podcast between the uh, Turn Two um, Turn Two podcast and the Bases Loaded Network. Now, what are you, Mike? Joining me, obviously, is Mike Curlin, uh, my co-host for the the Quality Start series between the two podcasts. You are the Bases Loaded podcast, and now you're the Bases Loaded Network football, baseball, football network, or, or baseball network. What are what the hell are you now? Not football, I'll tell you that. It's 100% <laughs> baseball, 365. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's interesting. It's we're still obviously still the podcast, like that goes without saying. But we've decided to expand everything, turn it into a full blown network. It's bases loaded network at, at bases loaded FBN, as you can see on the bottom of your screen. And um, it's just kind of an awesome little venture I decided to take on. I brought on some writers. I brought other podcasts onto the network. The idea is to kind of grow everything together. I've offered you to come on. Now that everyone's watching live, they can see I'm shooting my shot to everybody. But I offered you to come on as well. I refuse. Yeah. I'm a lone wolf. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. But the, the idea is legitimately just to kind of hopefully build something up while bringing others with me type of thing. So it's a fun experience. I mean, so far, so good. We're putting out content every day. We're going to get our rankings. Um, we're going to get the bases loaded podcast guys. All of us have our consensus rankings. We're going to post those probably today or tomorrow because everyone needs rankings going into these last final weeks. And I'm drinking out of my bases loaded cup today. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't have a fancy cup. Pinky so, up. all right, yeah. for the people, we already have people who are bouncing in, I guess, from Twitter. Uh, if you guys, if you want to comment, go to Periscope or open the Periscope app. If you want to comment, we'll answer any of your questions as we go along. But for now, we're just going to kind of go through spring training news and notes and and kind of, you know, what you know, interesting stuff. So we'll start with Chris Sale, the very obvious. We'll spend very little time on him because everyone knows about it. Uh, it looked like Doomsday. Uh, they said that they were going to come out with news, which is just like the typical. I put out the, you know, the, the, uh, the office uh, gif of, uh, yeah. <laughs> of Michael Scott. You know, we are screwed. Uh, but you know, it comes out. It's just a flexor strain. Uh, I think Eric Cross said it best. What's the over under date on when they announced the Tommy John surgery for Chris Sale? And the answer is probably like sometime. It's definitely happening. I, I, I'm not drafting him anywhere. I'm risk averse though, so no thank you. I'm right with you, man. I'm not a. I'm not a Chris Sale. Like, I'm not happy. Like, I actually have, like, my best draft champions league for NFBC. I was, like, super happy about this team. I thought it was, like, like solid from top to bottom. And, unfortunately, I grabbed Chris Sale in the fourth round of this one a few weeks back. And now, obviously, I'm probably without my ace. I don't think he's going to pitch much, if at all, this year. I'm really pessimistic. Especially when anytime you get a third opinion, I don't care what they say. You probably need Tommy John. So especially when the second, the second opinion is James Andrews. (laughs) Yeah. You don't really need to go beyond James Andrews to be honest, but anyway, it's bad news. Uh, If you have them, you know, you have them, but uh, yeah, if you, if you haven't drafted yet, I would avoid it like the plague. Um, Who said this, but I think it was uh, Rob Silver. Great rant, mini rant on people being celebrating 
being uh, people being injured. Oh, I told you so. He summarizes it great on the uh, on his podcast, uh, the launch angle. But uh, just to hit on that really quickly, yeah. If it, don't celebrate someone getting injured. Um, if and if you took them, don't whine about it. You knew the risk. I don't take mm-hmm. people because of the risk. I'm not celebrating the decision to do it. I just do it by default. I think the best indicator of future injury is past injury. And yeah, I'm not getting the risk and reward of taking guys like that. But I you know I just prefer not to. But again, I'm not taking Chris. So. Um, AJ Puck, no structural damage on his shoulder. Again, no thank you. I was on him. All those guys with like the limited innings. Uh, mm-hmm. I was trying to like load up on a lot of those guys in the back. He's just off my list. <laughs> I think it depends on league depth for me. Like I'll take him as a couple, like one of the final round picks in a 12 teamer where I know I can stash him on my IL to start the year, kind of like a little shallower format. So, you know, you can fill in the blanks off the waiver wire for a little bit, but 15 teamers, any type of draft and hold, any type of anything that involves like, like, I don't want I don't want him to TGFBI because you're gonna to have to blow fab on pitching early on. I mean, too late now TGFBI already draft, but you get my point. That type of format, deeper yeah. league. I'm not I'm not, I'm not off more... of him as far as my intrigue. Mm-hmm. I'm just off of him like someone else can. T- there's so many guys, especially in 12 team. There's so many guys I'd love to take a shot on that you know he's now been moved down the list to the point where I'm not gonna have him. Um, let's move into a pitcher that no one's talking about except for me, Danny Duffy. That's why I'm bringing him up for no reason. He was my Mr. Irrelevant pick in uh, TGFBI. Uh, you know, he used to, you know, he had that one great year where everyone just kept like, you know, going back to the well over and over again. And now he's kind of like fallen into obscurity. Still probably the SP one for the Royals. So as someone who drafted Mike Clevenger, I just need a warm body to throw out there in the beginning of the season who's going to pitch. Um, his slider is up to 87 miles per hour which is actually the highest of his entire career, two or three miles per hour above his peak. Uh, His fastball is already at its peak. I'm not trying to oversell anything. This is an incredibly deep league. The TGFBI is an overall thing. I'm shooting for the moon. If he sucks, I cut. Not a big deal. But, you know, he was once thought of as really great. And his velocity in his very first start was peak or above in all areas. Uh, I know someone tried to mention that, you know, it looks like velocity is up across the board. No, everyone's in the best shape of their life. Not everyone's velocity is up. I think Jeff Zimmerman announced that velocity for everyone is overall down about a half of mile per hour, as it usually is in the beginning of spring training. So Danny Duffy, am I just totally insane? This is what I'm banking on. Again, last pick of a 15-team super draft with an overall. Um, his his velocity is an all-time high. He's going to be the SP1-ish for the Royals, so he's going to get some starts in there. And I'm hoping this guy gets traded to the Yankees. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on cra- – who's some crazy dart throws you like at the very end of drafts? <sighs> very end of drafts. I like, I like to try to get Jordan Lyles. He's been a guy I've been targeting quite a bit. Um, another guy I like to go for – is a uh, I grabbed Taiwan Walker after seeing his velos back up. I, I he was the guy that I would have I would have taken over Duffy, but I think you mentioned he was t- in our you know DMs because we slide in each other's DMs that uh, you mentioned he was already taken. So like that was no fun. But I don't know. Those are a couple guys I've been grabbing late. Um, obviously if oh J- uh, Justice Sheffield's another guy I've been getting a lot of late. So those are a couple guys I fall back on. I almost prefer to shoot for the upside. I know Duffy. Trust me, I get it. There's. At the end of drafts, especially deeper leagues, innings are that are just valuable. If you can get a guy you know you can bank on anywhere from 120 to 150 that late, you take it. Because, again, what if you took Chris Sale early? Well, now you need the innings. Well, now you got him. So that's yeah. kind of how I look at it. Danny, Danny Duffy, obviously, here's the thing about like, – If you're going to shit on Jamie Duffy, you're really wasting your time. That's why it's perfect, me, yeah. me being on a limb. Because if I'm wrong, it's like, hey, he took a shot. If you're right saying he sucks, what have you really gained? I'm in a, I'm in a win. 
I'm in a no-win no, no. situation. No, I gained the fact that I was I, I was I gained the fact that I was right and you were wrong. I mean, obviously that's what Twitter's about. Yeah, there's about. no right. There's no right about Danny Duffy being bad. There's no right points. Oh, which by the right. way, everyday fantasy baseball commenting on the show. Uh, look at Mike Curland awake. Always, yeah, always, always <laughs> awake. Except for when I'm not. No. Um. All right. I'm gonna pick the picture. You can see me live, right? I was on my other couch, by the way. I'm on. I, I said I wouldn't do the couch thing again. I'm on the couch again. Yep. So it was like it was like 11:30 at night. 11.30, and this is after podcasting in the morning. This is after writing a few articles. Like I was drained. I was in front of a screen all day. So I do one of these. Just start kicking back, laying back. <laughs> I pulled the mic towards me like this. So I could just lay back here, literally laying down like this, talking into my mic like this. And George is finishing up his thoughts on the last player we were talking about for the night. Just talking about, you know, finishing up his thoughts. I think on JP Crawford. So, of course, there's nothing exciting there. Take that, JP Crawford. <laughs> and... The best part, though, it was uh, just I, I don't I do not I just close my eyes for a quick second. I'm like, all right, George is going to finish up his thought. I'm like this. George is going to finish up his thought. I'll, I'll catch it. And next thing you know, it's quiet. And the actually, with how quiet it was, was what woke me. And when it, and then George was like, hello. And I'm thinking I'm going to – I don't know if I'm going to keep the audio in the podcast, but I am going to upload the audio onto Twitter because there is such a demand for it. Even Justin Mason said keep it in there. So it's like I, I don't know if I should keep it in there because – I. I don't know. I I'm, I'm still torn. I'm definitely going to give the audio out though. Cause it was kind of funny. Cause it caught me so off guard. I was like, dude, George, I'm so sorry. I don't even know what you said. For like, anyone <laughs> that doesn't know what we're talking about, by the way, Mike fell asleep during a podcast. Yes. He was taping. Literally this happened. And um, I'm the host. <laughs> so yeah. Better. Talking about JP Crawford. That's how enthused he is about JP Crawford. Yeah, he was a so, sleeper for sure. Moving on to some hitters in spring training. Jordan Alvarez, this is older news, but we never got to discuss it. He's sitting out a few days with uh, knee soreness, which you don't like to see from a young player. Um, you know, rip his outfield eligibility, I assume. Um, <laughs> if, it, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't it wasn't for his utility only, uh, there's a chance this guy's going to the second round with J.D. Davis or with, uh, I'm sorry, J.D. JD Martinez. Whoa. Same guy. Um, but totally uh, speaking of JD Davis, we'll get to him next, but, uh, Jordan Alvarez, does this knee, does this knee thing kind of take you off of him? Because he was already going in an area where you kind of had to take him a little above people you were very comfortable with gambling on his upside being repeated. Obviously, if he does what he did last year, he is simply, um, a first rounder, you know, uh, but you know, you're, you know, it's a sophomore thing. So, uh, what, what do you think of Jordan Alvarez? Are you scared off because of this knee soreness at all? Sorry. I'm smiling because now Zach chimed in about the whole falling asleep live thing so of there course and, and now look here's this here's here's my co-host mike sp streamer just chimed in <laughs> shouldn't mike, you shouldn't you be sleeping it is a thing now i'm owning it sleepy awesome. mike carlin now you gotta now you yeah. got a nickname i am the emoji with the little z's now that is me all that right hey no emoji. no offense i mean no offense i don't think look. anyone watching gives a crap about this story anymore so we're gonna move on I from know. the sleepy thing let's talk about Jordan. it's just so many people that's all people are commenting on i don't get it anyway i guess it's awesome but yeah back to jordan because that's what people care about or jordan i'm it jordan i think it's jordan, jordan? alvarez jordan? i think he actually pronounces it jordan i could be okay. wrong i've heard it both ways why alvarez fire away. yeah <laughs> um i don't know what to think i'm kind of like he dealt with the knee soreness last year as well so where you want were you in on him at adp before I this really, no that's the thing i really wasn't so i'm definitely okay. not in on him now not that i don't believe in the skill set the plate discipline looked amazing but how much did he benefit from everything going on how much like he came out of nowhere in the minors as it is i think the i think the power and the hit tool are real but people forget about sophomore slumps we all want to just act like sophomore slumps don't happen 
So I, that's why it's, I'm kind of against. That's why I'm, that's part of the reason why I was out on Alonzo initially as well. Just the whole sophomore slump thing. We've seen it time and time again. Even Bellinger went through one as recent. You know, Acuna was like Acuna and Soto were kind of like the two guys that didn't quite hit one. So I'm more or less off him just at his price anyway. And then the whole util only now in Yahoo leagues where he's outfield, there's a little more chance of me getting him. I think I took him in Razbol or Razbol. I keep calling it Razbol. That's the football one, but Raz slam. But that was yeah. because there's like, you know, you shoot for the upside and obviously you can't ignore the upside. So I took him in that league. But that's like the only share I have. And I get it. I know Eric Cross is huge on him. Eric Cross and I have gone back and forth a lot <laughs> on the fact that we, I think I personally think he's overpriced. He doesn't. So. For we'll for though. for redraft? No, I love him. I did. Redraft, I mean, I yeah. did one of my one million threads on him. And he, his ceiling is best hitter in baseball. It really is. Uh, but it's, it's and it's his sophomore season, so you don't know what to expect here, especially with all the pressure they have. And even though he wasn't a part of the Houston situation, he's in Houston, and he's going to have to deal with all this crap. Um, I mean, I'm not really that worried. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see about the knee. I wasn't taking him at ADP either, at least in redraft. And Dynasty, he's like freaking like a first-round pick. <laughs> I mean, borderline. But, uh, yeah. I do, I, I do have a question. How do you feel about him compared to like a Nelson Cruz? I feel like those are pretty much two of the same guy. One just Yeah, in, re- in redraft, Nelson yeah, redraft. Cruz for sure. Strictly redraft. Yeah, I mean, the value you get on, especially two utility-only guys, the value you get on Nelson Cruz is, is ridiculous compared to what you're getting from Jordan. Obviously, Jordan – they both have their own risk. I mean, one is falling off a cliff, one's falling off a sophomore cliff. So if if they both have, in my eyes, kind of similar risk to regress, possibly a little bit, I'll take the shot on Nelson like so many picks later. Uh, J.D. Davis, uh, he is going to be back in action soon. He's swinging a bat. He's looking fine. Uh, there's no new structural damage to his shoulder, apparently old structural damage, which is never good. But uh, he looks like he's going to be fine. Um we it's still going to be a huge log jam, kind of like as someone was talking about Miguel Andujar, um, with now that Stanton and you know Judge's shoulder is still ripped up. They kind of are almost looking in the same area. If they hit, in my opinion, both will be in their lineup. They will find a way to stay in the lineup if they hit as they do. But Yoannis Despedes will be coming back very soon to get some at bats. Dominic Smith is being seeing at bats in left field. Um, so we'll just have to see what it goes as far as at bats go. But did you watch? Did you happen to catch the ESPN game so far where they're micing people up? I love this crap. The Mets were on the other day, and JD Davis was mic'd up along with Peter Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, and Dominic Smith. I uh, and obviously the other day they did Anthony Rizzo, who literally called the pitch that was coming and then took it opposite field, or no, 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 pulled it into uh, to right field. So JD Davis thoughts uh with the log jam and the shoulder issue and uh, the ESPN games. Man, they need. I, I understand they can't do it in game. Because that is hella distracting, like with a in a, in a real game. But uh, yeah, they need to do this more as far as marketing the game. It's fantastic. I have not had a chance to catch a lot of the spring training live, but I have seen obviously the clips, and they mm-hmm. are fantastic. I'm with you 100. I love them. I I also wish they would do some of that. You know what we saw with Hanniger last year in the, in the Japanese series, where they had the um, I guess the umpire mics or the catcher mics, where you could see the ball go off the bat and seeing home runs like that are kind of cool. I think there's just so many marketable ways or so many ways to market the game that is not being taken advantage of, unfortunately. And it leaves, you know, the younger kids not so interested, but that's a whole nother discussion. Getting back to what was it again? Now that's where J- JD Davis, Davis. shoulder and log jam. How can I ever forget JD Davis? I am so sorry. Um, I still believe, I don't know, call it blind optimism, blind faith, whatever you want to call it. I still want all the shares in TGFBI. It was, he um, hadn't been drafted right after the injury happened. He fell to pick like 200. I scooped him up. I think I took him in Raz Slam. Like, I'm still backing my claim as he's the guy. He's going to get it. I don't think Dom- – Dominic Smith played first base yesterday with 
Pilonzo, I think, DHing. So they're obviously still giving uh, Dominic Smith a good long look at different positions as well. But I don't it's know. A com- it's a complicated logjam in New York because mm-hmm. even you have a guy like Andres Jimenez, who is now on the 40 man roster, you know, one of the big prospects, uh, shortstop prospects they had. Now, uh, Mauricio maybe has jumped him in a few lists, but uh, Jimenez is up. And he is playing his typical fantastic defense. And now he's killing the ball. He won the batting title in the Arizona Fall League. And now you throw him in there to possibly take that last spot, probably away from Luis Guillorme. And he's just another guy. He's not going to play shortstop over Ahmed Rosario, but he's just another guy that can get at bats at maybe second or third if they choose to go that. He's obviously a versatile shortstop. So it's just another person that's taking at bats away. So it's just a mega nightmare for – Fitting Davis in, and I, no, you know me, I am, it. I am in on JD Davis. I, I am, but man, yeah. if everyone is going to be walking in Jed Lowry with the the phantom injury, he's walking around with a knee brace. He's he had a twinge that shouldn't be worrisome. That's like one year ago today, um, and we still don't know what the hell is wrong. But he theoretically could walk out and start batting. So I don't know. It's it's a lot of obstacles for JD Davis. There's a lot. I, I get it, but that bat, man, it's almost like Jose Martinez. Like, I'm betting on the skill and hoping it lands. Like, I'm hoping I'm betting on the bat and hoping that the fielding is good enough. And these days, you're seeing it more and more often that teams are almost willing to give the bat a chance over the glove mm-hmm. just because the bat, you you know, you, you don't, I don't know. You just you see it more often. And maybe, maybe it's just I see it more as a fantasy analyst. So maybe I'm a little skewed in that mindset as well. But eh, I'm, I'm betting on the talent as far as the offensive side goes. And yeah. once, he, once he proves healthy, I think he gets. I think he gets mostly everyday bats. All right, we got a question in the uh, in the chat from Joseph Arwen. How do you guys feel about the Colorado situation with McMahon, Rogers, and Hampson? We don't feel good about it at all, buddy. Uh, the only guy guaranteed at bats is Ryan McMahon. Uh, that is it of those three. And then you you complicate the situation with Garrett Hampson. You were hoping to maybe see him in center field. He hasn't really been seeing a ton of time. Um, where guys like Tapia. Um, and uh, Hilliard, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are doing well for Colorado uh, during spring training here. So, I mean, I'll defer this over to you, Mike. Uh, the only person I'm confident in is McMahon. Uh, no, no one else. <laughs> uh, th- this is a nightmare. I am 100% in agreement. McMahon's the only one that, and I think it's been all but assured even, that he's going to have everyday bats. Like, he's he's locked in. With that yes. being said, with that being said, you have Hampson, you have Ian Desmond, you have Dan, Dan Murphy, you have Hilliard, like you mentioned, Tapia, who, by the way, again, these this is where the daily lineups thing skews my perception a little bit maybe because I do those. Tapia literally pretty much plays every day. Every day. He's, he's also batting, by the way, like 375. Yeah. Uh, again, with a home run and a double. He's doing well out there. So, again, this doesn't guarantee him anything, especially in Colorado. But, I mean, they're giving him some run out there, and it has to make you wonder what they're thinking. So, if nothing else, they plan on giving him a lot of at-bats. It seems that way, and that's aggravating because then you have Hilliard, who's fighting for the outfield spot. You see Hampson, like you mentioned, not getting a lot of run in the outfield in spring training. He's actually, like, even yesterday on a split squad, he still played shortstop. Like, they're not even putting him in the outfield on a split squad. I mean, so he's getting out there. He has 22 at-bats, which is, like, you know, the maybe third, maybe fourth on the team in at-bats. So, I mean, they're getting him out there. But they're putting him in the infield, and, like, the mm-hmm. idea was him possibly fighting Hilliard for the outfield spot. So, and the infield, the infield is a really big long jam. He's not going to play shortstop with Story there. He's not going to play second with McMahon there. So if he's yeah. not getting outfield reps, he's probably turning into a super utility guy at this point. And then don't don't, don't get me started, but I'm going to get started. Josh freaking Fuentes likes to s- somehow get all this playing time in spring. I don't think there's anything actionable there, but man, is it aggravating to see him get so much run. He's getting more run than both Hilliard 
and Hampson. And I'm like, who is this guy? He needs to go away. He is the Pat Valleca of 2020. Yeah, and the one guy here you mentioned, he mentioned in the thing is is Garrett Rogers. He's he's the one guy that. Or I'm sorry, not Garrett. Garrett. <laughs> Brennan Rogers. I'm mixing two people together. Yes. Brennan Rogers. Okay. Yeah, he's going to AAA. Uh, in in redraft leagues, you don't want any part of this. He, you know, there's he's he, so far he's had three at bats, um, and he's he's just not in their plans for this year. That's that's plain and simple. Yeah, it's aggravating, and it, it just even if he isn't, you know what? He might be in their plans. Who knows? It's the Rockies. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's the Rockies. Like I'm done. Hands up. I'm done. I'm throwing. I'm throwing everything out of here. Get, get out of here with this stuff, man. Drive me nuts. All right. So, um, moving on to uh, some other offensive players throughout the league. Uh, Oscar Mercado. At this point, you know, this is a couple of days old, but he left with a sprained wrist, which sucks. Uh, someone I was definitely in on, but he wasn't really batting towards the top of the lineup which I hope for. This is someone you wanted about first or second. He wasn't there anyway. So that combined with this wrist injury is, is, is definitely a big worry compared to, you know, where he's been going in drafts. So Oscar Mercado, he's obviously cheap. You know, speed is a premium this year. You need to get it where you can, unless you're paying up for one of the big guys. Um, if you're looking to spread it out. Uh, so Oscar Mercado, is this, uh, is this something that really worries you when uh, looking into him? I mean, and, and who benefits from this other than maybe like Delano to shields, maybe. Well, Bradley Zimmer could be a thing again, right? Yeah, if he can stay healthy, right? Well, he's healthy right now. He's he's playing. I mean, I don't know how much this is going to matter, but maybe he's like a post, post, post type guy. But he's the name that came to mind yesterday, obviously outside of the Shields. But that actually, it was funny because I tweeted out literally, what, maybe an hour, maybe two hours before the Mercado injury. Not funny. It's just, it's unfortunate. But I tweeted out how I was out on Mercado at his price because I made that same, uh, I noticed that same thing that it was Cesar Hernandez getting a lot of run in the two hole. And just constantly, like consistently getting that uh, that two hole, and with, when you get when you see that, it's like he's getting it when they're running out their like pro like their their opening day lineups all even. So, and he's done it in the past. I was like, you know what? I think Hernandez has this two hole spot li- uh, lined up. He's going like 150 picks later than Mercado, or 100 picks later than Mercado, and he has second base eligibility. You look at his track record; he's a 15-10 guy with a 270 batting average, basically. Like, why wouldn't you want that? He's the guy I would actually tar- – I know he's not an outfielder, but he's the guy that I'm targeting. I wish I saw this earlier. I wish I realized what they would be doing with him earlier because he's the guy that I'm trying to make up for lost time and get him now in drafts. And, of course, I'm drafting, and there's guys watching this and listening that dra- are drafting with me in some leagues. So probably won't get him, but I've grabbed him in a few couple spots. I've given up, Karen, what people think now because, <laughs> I mean, I've got, like, over 50 player profiles. I'm not getting any of the guys I like in drafts anymore. Yeah. It's – you know, I'm, I've decided to put analysis in front of my draft which you got to make that choice at a certain point and i've and decided is, to benefit the audience so you're this welcome is kind of yeah this is kind of the same thing I have, because i have zero shares of lords guriel you all suck <laughs> well i'm still getting jd davis but the problem is i'm getting people tweeting at me yelling at me like it's my fault if he sucks like i'm sorry i, I his i like his price still but anyway hey, back to back to hernandez fault. though yeah it's all my fault but back to hernandez you just i love what i, I mean you gotta remember he's boring but he's gonna give you such a solid floor Likely bat in the two hole now for sure. There's like zero doubt in my mind if Mercado's injury is serious. And he's going to give you just 15, 10, and 270. Like, how do you argue with that, that production from second base where it's notoriously like a bad, a bad, a bad? You hear me? I'm like, I went full New York, almost went like New Yorker there for a second there. <laughs> it's like notoriously bad. going to start uh, talking in random accents. Smart pack. Yeah. I'm going to go Boston. 
Yeah, exactly. He's gonna hit second in that lineup, and it's gonna be um, it's gonna bring bring a good value to him. And again, he's such a value at such a position that you need help, and he bring he gives you speed. Like you can't argue with the results, and he's just a boring guy. Nobody wants to like think about. Yeah. It. I think there's something there. Hey, the fantasy gods giveth, fantasy gods taketh away. Mercado out, Cesar Hernandez in. Not that you should be out on Mercado. Just I was be, out be, on be, be worried. All right. On that note. We're going to go ahead and take a brief break and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Uh, Victor Robles uh, looks like good news for him. It, like after he went down on that in- ridiculous throw he had yeah. earlier in spring training, everyone was worried oblique. Those things tend to stick around. Uh, he's apparently swinging without pain, which is great. Uh, take it easy, Victor. Uh, obliques come and go and more likely they come back. So, I mean, God, take it easy. Uh, they've been batting Turner leadoff, Eaton second. When Victor Robles comes back, uh, are we, you know, that's the thing to watch. Is he going to pop right back up there into that leadoff spot uh, or are they co- going to be comfortable uh, letting Turner sit there? But again, you won't be able to tell because they may try to ease him back in the lineup. Therefore spring training, eat grain of salt. That's all this thing is folks. Yeah. It's, and I try to take away as much as I can. And the lineup was when Robles was, you know, getting everyday at bats with the guys, you would see a bunch of Robles leading off Eaton just sitting there in the two spot, just kind of quietly giving you more value. And then you have Turner at th- in the three hole, which is interesting. And then Soto cleanup with Eaton kind of, I think Eaton tweaked uh, like a hamstring or something as well, running out of ball. Apparently it was a minor one that he would have played, stayed in or played had it been regular, the regular season, they said. So I'm not too concerned about that, but you've seen a lot of Starlin Castro kind of make his way into the top four with Eaton and uh, Robles out. Not saying obviously. So when they're in, he's not going to do that. So he's a guy that would gain value, I guess if one of those guys missed time, but I expect Robles to kind of slot back into the leadoff spot. And unless he falters early on, he'll probably hold on to it for most of the season. Yeah. Um, Going into a very obscure player. You keep bringing up people that are usable. I'm going to bring up another Danny Duffy. Um, that no, the no one's drafting. This is this is for the deepest of leagues only, and not even really. This is not even someone that gets drafted in fifteen team leagues. It's Ooh. merely someone I want you to keep an eye on. I'm going to open this conversation with Luis Urias, who obviously got injured earlier, broke his hand. He's doing everything he can to get back on the field. The big issue for him is he's competing for the job with Orlando Arcia. I tweeted this out. Do you remember him? Remember when he was a thing? <sighs> he's not a thing. Oh, he was a thing. Do you remember when he, he was a thing? I know he was. I remember former when he was. top ten prospect. I remember he's when five, he was five you for know, thirteen with three home runs, and everyone no. laughs. It's spring training. Who cares? Chris, Chris Davis, Davis is batting eight hundred. I know, but he had adjustments he made, which is the things I love to see. I have a rule: if you are supposed to be good and end up being good, I question it less. <laughs> he well, mine is coffee, but you see this tangible change. Everyone tangible change. Love it. He he is uh, making an adjustment to stay back on his back leg and finish high with his swing, thus increasing his launch angle. He's a tiny guy, so don't expect a ton of power there. But there's something to watch here. Like I said, not a guy I'm drafting, just a guy I'm watching. He's in a decent lineup. If he could somehow, if this sticks, just continue to you know, watch him. Statistics don't tell you everything when it comes to things like this. Turn on the game, MLB.tv. You know, if it's a try to watch him bat. And this is some guy I'm paying attention to because you're looking for free value at the end of a draft, especially in very deep leagues, especially like NL only type. Um, I am keeping an eye on him because he made a tangible change and there appears to be results. So again, former top prospect, clear path for playing time because of his opponent (laughs) has a broken hand. Let's see how this goes. Just keep an eye (sighs) 
sigh because I actually was really big on Urias prior to the injury. Luis Urias, well, both Urias, I like both Urias this year, but Luis Urias was somebody, else, especially and again, second base being what it was or is, he was a guy that I was like, I, I was grabbing late in early drafts or I was really targeting or looking at, and then the injury happened. So I really, I don't know, but you know what? Speaking of the Brewers, Sogard's a thing. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I throw I throw out these guys trying to make it, and you're like. Psh. I hate I hate when I hate underdog stories. They're stupid. That's Mike. Mike hates underdogs. You hated like the movie it. Rudy, didn't you? You hated Rudy. Overrated. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but in all seriousness, I no, I I I'm okay. I'm actually I wasn't paying attention to RC uh RC at all. So I probably will now because you mentioned it. But I just I don't want to. Not that I don't want to root for him. I obviously as a real life player, I hope he does well and all that. But obviously for fantasy purposes, I want Luis Urias. You saw him make the swing change last year in San Diego. For sure. That's that swing would come in and play really well at Miller Park. So it's like he's the guy for fantasy purposes I'm rooting for. But if Arcia's changes are real, if they stick in the in the regular season, then there might be something there. And he's definitely worth watching. I like it. Like you said, I I agree with everything you say about Urias though. That is the guy that that's the long term play here. This is Again, there's not. I feel like I'm catering to longer, to deeper league people because no one talks about. There's no one this deep. Orlando RC is deep. There's no yeah. one of intrigue a lot in that area, and this could be interesting. It could um, be. I'm with you. Something else is interesting. Renato Nunez has been working a lot at third base. Why is this a big deal? Who cares about the Orioles? He usually gets a lot of at bats at DH. They're trying to clear DH up for Ryan Mountcastle because you can't sit Chris Davis at first. He's hitting 900. Brian Mountcastle, there's no reason for the Orioles to start him in the majors. They're going to be last with or without him. The same thing with Hunter Harvey that I don't understand. Why? I mean, you can be last with or without some of these younger guys. So I don't totally understand or buy into them necessarily definitely making the team. But they're trying to get Ryan Mountcastle in the lineup constantly in spring training, and he's doing really well. Um, where is he right now? I'm trying to look up his stats. I know I had him in front of me a second ago, and now they are missing. Well, um, he is. He's been. I'll, I can cover you while you look him up if you like. Uh, yeah. He has been. I, I just noticed a lot of like when he's in the lineup. Majority of the time, it's they. You know, they want to get him reps. They put him. They put him into the middle of the lineup, sort of. And then obviously, when the start, starters are in, he does slot to the bottom a little bit. But he is getting a lot of run in the outfield. I guess that's where they want to have him long term. Yes. Is he so, is he a guy that you are interested in oh. taking a shot on at the end in case he makes the team? Because he, I mean, there's holes in his game. He's batting two ninety six, slugging five nineteen, which is the important thing. Three doubles and a home run. Ben batting two ninety six on base two ninety six. The man's not interested in taking any pitches. But hey, you know Yolo, he's he's going for a roster spot. Swing the bat. Yeah. Uh, is this a guy you're interested in at the end of drafts? I know he's becoming a trendy guy. He was a guy I actually started targeting early in draft season. I still am. I mean, deeper leagues because I think I don't think he's going to come up before June. I, I sorry, before May. <laughs> I keep calling. I'm all over the place with the months. Before May, sometime in May, maybe June. He was one of those guys, super two date, whenever that is. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something there. I mean, I think there's a solid hit tool. He's going to. I think he'll hit you for a good hit for a good average, roughly two seventy ish, two sixty ish, even, which is not great. But in today's game, two sixty is okay because uh, you know I'm expecting rookie struggles, and he'll give you some decent pop. Nothing special. But he could hit 20 or so home runs, even if he gets a later call up, you know, May, June. So I like him. And then again, you could just pair all that with Camden Yards. I think there's something there. And I'm hoping that he gets some, he should get run this year. And I think he's worth stashing, depending on the league type. If you have an NA spot in your redraft leagues and everybody else takes all the bigger names, he's a guy I would take later on, just stash him. He's a guy that I'm really liking his value in all formats and a guy that I'm willing to wait on because I think he'll come up and not be a league winner, but he could be somebody that's great just for steady production. 
I'll tell you one thing. No one cares about the Orioles because we had like quite a few viewers in here. And then we started talking about the Orioles and it just <laughs> took us, took a nosedive. Oh. Everyone. Alex Fast is sad that you don't like the Orioles. Um, swing. This is the last piece of news, and this is not important at all, but I'm going to mention it because, again, two catcher leagues, there's a lot of things. Tom Murphy is a guy a lot of people were taking a shot on later in drafts at catcher. Uh, according to uh, Scott Service, the, the manager up in Seattle, him and Austin Nola, Tom Murphy and Nola, are going to be like pretty much like a 50-50 split at catcher, which is obviously not what you want to see, especially in weekly leagues. So definitely something to keep your eye on if you're trying to like you know wait to the very end of drafts at catcher. That's obviously a piece of information that is important to you. Uh, so going into, let's just talk about people that have been tearing it up in spring training to end the show. As far as anyone you can believe it or not, let's start with someone who uh, just blasted a home run yesterday. Two guys, actually. Miguel Cabrera, who took Garrett Cole deep, <laughs> uh, deep. He's he's really struggled with, uh, struggled with, struggled. I'm making words up. Uh, he struggled with some back problems, which obviously saps your power. Still had an okay batting average last year, but all in all, everyone has written him off. In a Detroit lineup where... You know, they can, you know, in the American League, they can afford to give his back some rest. They got CJ Crone out there. Is this someone that you have any interest in having some kind of a bounce back, like a magical end of his, you know, one last hurrah for Miguel Cabrera? Because the bat speed still plays. I mean, that ball traveled yesterday. I'm, I was looking, I watched that video and I'm actually going to go today, once we get off here, probably, and look up if there's a swing change, because, you know, the first thing I noticed when he swung, swung, he held onto the bat with both hands. He didn't release the one arm. You know, he has that one with the swing where he kind of just lets his arm, I can't do it, lets his arm go with the bat, like yeah. just one arm. So like, yesterday he had, he kept two hands on the bat all the way through. So I'm wondering if there was a swing change in there a little bit, just to maybe get some more loft. But dude, the guy looked in shape. Like he did not look pudgy for like the first time in like years. He actually looked really lean from that video. So I'm going to look into it because I know he's mentioned being in better shape, eating better this year. I mean, the, the man makes millions. He should have been, this should have been something he should have been always been able to do, but he looks like he's in great shape. He looks healthy. I was not excited. And I know this is just spring training hype, kind of exciting me, but man, maybe Miggy's got one last year and maybe he could pull a full, maybe he could be like a full David Ortiz for one season. That would be amazing. Uh, and every, everyone should be rooting for him because obviously he's one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. And it, you know, we, yeah, there'd be nothing better than to see him pull it together one more time. Uh, another guy that just took the ball really, really deep is Nomar Mazzara. Uh, a lot of people were tweeting this out yesterday. We know he has potential power. He actually is tied for the longest home run ever hit in StatCast history, 505 um, feet. You look at his StatCast data, you look at fan graphs, you look everywhere. His exit velocity is actually like kind of meh. It's like middle of the road. And by middle of the road, I mean literally like middle of the road. I think he's in the 51st percentile. And he has an incredibly high ground ball rate, both things you don't want to see. Um, he, you know, after he pulled, you know, his, his pot – prospect pedigree and he, he crossed the 100 rbi threshold we're talking about nomar mazara again um you know he, he looked like someone who's just a failed prospect who was never going to quite get there so people really had hopes for him maybe change of scenery and the big thing that blew my mind because i did another guy I did a thread on this guy's 24 years old does it not seem like he's been around for like ever he is the jerks and profar of outfielders <laughs> so i mean <laughs> what do you think of mazara obviously he took the ball deep yesterday but we've seen him do that before the idea isn't the 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 he has the ability to to do it but nowhere near consistently hard hit rate exit velocity all middle of the road um you know he's he's in a good lineup in chicago do you have do you have faith that at 24 years old again only 24 years old uh they, they there's bounce back potential here enough for you to take a ride uh on this uh for 2020 and redraft 
I think if you're if you're still a truther, a Mazzara, a Mazzara truther, this is the year because he is so much cheaper than previous years. We're talking almost probably 100 picks cheaper than last year. And I just, you know, looking at it, it's funny. You look at StatCast data, Launch Angle was like literally 8.4 in 2016, 11.3, 5.3, 10.5. So it's like fluctuating. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to see that he continues to raise the Launch Angle. And last year with, again, raising it back up from 5.3 to 10.5, he also increases barrel rate to occur high 10.7. So if he can continue barreling up the ball more, if he can, I don't know what he has to do. Cause it looks like his swing looks like it should put a lot of balls over the fence. I don't know. I always look at a swing and think there should be, there looks like there's more loft there. Maybe cause he's just, maybe cause he's six, four and <laughs> he just looks like maybe the, maybe the, the plane of the swing doesn't play, uh, isn't truly playing to what it looks like. Cause of how big he is. I don't know, man, 24 years old. I'm with you. He's he hasn't even entered his prime. So if this is I, – I don't know if I'm necessarily out. I haven't found myself getting him because there's usually other guys I want in that range. But I'm – I don't know. It's a boring answer. I guess I'm not. I guess I'm out without trying to – I just I, – I don't want to say I'm not buying in. Like, I think there's still potential. I think there's still something there or potentially there. But as for all intents and purposes, I guess I'm out. I'm guess I'm out. Like, I don't yeah, know. some people were posting yesterday and they were saying, "Oh, is this is this the uh, healthy wrist version of Nomar Mazar?" And I, I was putting out there the wrist wasn't his problem, and not that I wrote that off. Uh, you know, the wrist actually definitely hindered him, but he there was more plaguing him than that. So if you're taking a shot, you're only taking a shot on his age and his change of scenery, which are fine. They're both very important. But when I like to see people, especially young guys, uh, and I take a flyer, I like to see something actionable in the data that makes me think there's a chance they're turning things around. And there's nothing for Mazara. There's nothing. Um, so no thank you. The last guy I want to talk about is uh, in spring training is Dylan Carlson, who's obviously like killing the ball. Um, they have a very bad outfield over there in St. Louis. He is batting in 24 at bats, 4 417, 533 on base, 625 slugging. He's got three, uh, he's got three doubles and a triple. Um, I, I was originally incredibly out on Carlson. I just didn't think there was a chance of him cracking this team, but man, they got to consider at this point because. The Reds, everyone has them winning that division. But, you know, if, if Carlson's going to be able to hit like this and they're confident, they can be a much better team, kind of like the Mets just threw Pete Alonso into the fire last year. Sometimes putting a guy in there will will get you that extra time. Do you think there's a shot that uh, we see him in the lineup for the Cardinals come opening day? I unfortunately do not, and I'm a huge Carlson guy. It goes back to last year. I was really in on him as well. I'm just, you know, they're going to give every chance to um, – I think they're going to give Bader and O'Neill a real shot to – earn the spots and it's Fowler again Fowler is essentially the Cardinals version of Chris Davis getting paid a lot of money it's like it's going to force them to put him in the lineup I think Carlson should take that spot and unfortunately you have Bader and O'Neill I just looked it up both of which are hitting 280 one's hitting 280 one's hitting 300 both uh, Bader has a home run O'Neill has two they're both hitting well so it's hard to say Carlson's going to be the guy that's going to beat them out in spring because everyone's performing well I haven't checked I haven't checked Fowler's stats because I'm just not drafting Fowler I don't think there's really much to uh, Dexter Fowler. That is obviously, but uh, there's just not much there to him. Oh, yeah, he's batting nine. He's batting literally point zero nine five this year. If they're serious about winning, they need to not have him play. Get him out. <laughs> I'm with you, but again, it goes back to what is he? But I, with I, Tommy I, Edmond, though, I mean, if, if if Carpenter's injured, Edmond will play third base, which will open up the outfield. If Carpenter were to come back, that's obviously even worse news for Carlson. But the combination of Fowler being Fowler, which means he sucks. And Carpenter being injured, which could move Edmund to third and not the outfield, you know, could really open up a chance for that's that's the path to victory, right? If you're a Carlson guy. 
it's just so again it's weird because they have no log jam but they have a log jam <laughs> like yeah like they have a bad log jam but there's yeah, logs in it nonetheless right yes and i mean again you mentioned edmund i didn't even mention Edmund. good call on that because right they have to find a place for him every day because right now what you have gold goldie at first wong plugged in at second dejong at at shortstop carpenter third and carpenter he, he's been back in the lineup looks like the uh concerns are behind him so to speak pun could be intended i guess there with a back behind him thing yeah no yeah. maybe um <laughs> sorry dad jokes I'm a, I'm a father it happens but it's just it's like so now where does edmund play you have the outfield well you have these guys that they all kind of are fighting for playtime as it is edmund's gonna be that super utility guy unfortunately and i think well, edmund belongs in the lineup every day as well with that hit tool and he's not a bad defender from my understanding so it's like they have to find a place for him and then find a place for Carlson. It's all going to depend on how Bader and O'Neill essentially perform early on in the year. Cause once that super two, once that super two date comes and Carlson, if Carlson's doing well in the minors, it's going to be hard to keep him down. He's going to push. I think he's going to force their hand. And I think this is a team that wants to compete. So yeah, he's definitely got a, a worth keeping a look on. This is why you draft at the end. I mean, there's a lot of people like to draft early. This is why I like to draft at the end of spring training. Also. I mean, I love as much information as humanly possible. All of it. Now I'm just talking injuries. People get injured at any time. I'm talking about like, you know, playing time situation. This is great. So there's advantages to playing early because you can you know take advantage of market inefficiencies, people that aren't prepared for situations, uh, and you can get one up. There's obviously advantages to playing towards the regular season. You get all the information, but so does everyone else. So um, keep an eye on that. So that is the end of the show for today. I hope you enjoyed this live broadcast. There's something new we were trying. Try to get some of you involved. We saw some of you in the chat. We we ta- we we really appreciate everyone hopping on this random like uh, with no uh, no warning uh, live show. So yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, you know, as far as the time of day is the morning a cool thing? We obviously call this quality start. At some point, we're gonna have some like corny drops in here, make this like a morning TV show. Uh, but yeah, let us know uh, if you like the time, you like the format, anything that you know. We want to hear your feedback. Me and Mike love talking about baseball. We're both available in the morning, so we're gonna try to drop these all the time if we can. Uh, Mike, address your adoring public. Yeah, like like all everybody like literally everybody everyone wants to see in, you fall asleep. Give them what they want. That's all they care. And somebody, I think David Swan, great guy, I met him at first pitch, Florida. He called me. He called me the sleeper of, of course. The, I love the puns. Call me the sleeper of the podcast. I'll take it, man. It is what it is. But in all seriousness, it's um awesome. I appreciate it. If you want to find my work, you can hit me up on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin as it shows. If you're watching it, if you're listening, that's my Twitter handle. You can find everything bases loaded. The podcast, all of our work at the bases loaded network at bases loaded FBN. Don't forget to plug your stuff as well, Matt, because you, you're an awesome host, gracious host. Glad to have you doing these things with me, man. So appreciate it. I always forget to plug everything. I'm like, I'm the, the yeah. least, I like the worst marketer in the world. I do all this. I just talk I'm baseball. Great. I never I market myself. So follow me on Twitter. I think you, you are following me. If you're watching this live, you're following me because yeah. this is literally how you found me by following me. But anyway, if you're listening to the podcast um, at Matt Williams, M-E-T-T-W-I 7-7-I-M-S, follow the podcast to at turn Two podcast Follow Bases Loaded Podcast. Uh, subscribe to both. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another quality start. See you, everybody.